0: okay we just talked about all the things we can't talk about <laughs> on the podcast the secrets it's too bad it is too bad it's juicy stuff juicy stuff that can't be discussed what are we going to talk about
1: how was your vacation in tulum
0: um tulum is it's a beautiful place it's uh i would never been there. I've been to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta a couple of times, Yalapa, which is mm. 40 minutes off the 40-minute uh, boat ride into the jungle. It's this little... Uh...
1: Tulum is a jungle.
0: No, no. This oh. was when I went to Yalapa, oh, uh, okay. the last time I went to Mexico. But I'd never been to Tulum. Tulum is fancy. Oh. Yeah. It's very fancy. It's, uh, I know it started, I think, as kind of a hippie thing. That's how I understood it. People are going to Tulum and doing yoga retreats, but Uh it's all high end. Hmm. It's almost like Vegas on the beach. That's how it felt to me. (laughs) Like you're staying at a resort and the food's really good and it's very fancy.
1: And you guys rented a house and just... Uh, We
0: stayed with friends who own a house there. Friends of uh, uh, Brandon. Well, I know John as well. And uh, we got invited down and they live in a a gated community and... uh, that has, you know, its own infrastructure and restaurants mm. and neighborhoods. I don't know how many people live in this gated community, but it's it's nice. It's really nice. Mm. The beach was great. Water was warm and clear. The sand was soft and gorgeous. And food was great. We had a great time. Wow, we had a really good time. It was a nice and the house they have is gorgeous.
1: I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember the last time I've heard you take a vacation.
0: I don't take vacations. I never take a vacation. I don't. Re- I think the last time I took a, a real vacation was probably when I was dating Polly back in two thousand two. Oh we went to a state of a resort. Twenty years ago, and a resort in Puerto Vallarta.
1: <laughs> Every twenty years, Dave yeah. takes a vacation. Yeah, well, I,
0: I, I go. No, that's not true. Tete and I went to Yalapa. But weren't uh, you doing
1: a ceremony thing? No, we did. Oh. Well,
0: i that's how I discovered Yalapa. I went to sit with Shaman, Shaman Dave. Right. I did four ceremonies there and at this retreat center in Yalapa. And it was great. And then when I moved in with Tete, uh, it was Christmas time and neither of us was going home and we were like, we should do something. And so I called up the guy who had the retreat center because obviously I got to know him and he remembered me. And I said, hey, man, what's going on at the retreat center? We'd love to come down. And he said, oh, we're closed. But if you want to come, come on down. Mm. So we had this whole retreat center to ourselves for a week, Tete and I. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. It was a magical experience. And then we did uh, San Pedro one day and went for a hike to this waterfall. And uh, we were both tripping. And it was (laughs) – have you ever done San Pedro? No.
1: What is that? It's a cactus, It's a cactus, right? Right.
0: I guess. I don't know if it's like peyote, but, um, yeah, it's, in, it's kind of intense. It has a, an intensity to it and it intensifies everything. It feels good. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't drink that much. I know people, you can do a lot and it can be really intense, but it was, you know, medium, it wasn't light, but it was medium and, uh. Just everything looks bright.
2: Mm.
0: Everything makes you really present. Uh, you know, Tete describes it. It's like a cactus. Like so, it, it, you you want to stand up straight. Like it straightens you out. It's very masculine, mm. mm-hmm. and it's good to hike and walk and move. It's a daytime thing generally. Mm. I well, that's what he said. And uh, it's yeah, like like if you cut through the ca- ca- it's a cactus, San Pedro. And if you cut through the center of it, it's like it looks like a, a star inside, like like the sun, and so it's uh it's got a I don't know I don't know what that means, but the sun. Did you did you receive any
1: information? No,
0: oh. no information. It wasn't like that. Right, just an experience. But we had a great time. So I told Diana the next time we go back, let's go to Yalapa because it's, uh, like I said, it's a 40-minute boat ride into the jungle. It's just a little community. There's no cars out there. It feels mm. like real Mexico. There's a little town with restaurants and stuff, but mm. it uh, feels a lot more untouched and uh, quiet. There's a beautiful beach there. So that's, I'm more into that than a resort mm. situation. Although I do love, I used to love going to Vegas. <laughs> right. I loved Vegas, but just for a weekend to play poker. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, okay. But I did nothing. Relaxation.
0: Yeah, I relaxed. I chilled out, swam in the ocean.
1: You look relaxed.
0: Yeah. No, I needed it. I didn't realize that I needed it. It took me a couple of days to unwind because, you know, I've been on the go. We've been on the go trying Mm -hmm. to get Wakhan Studios up and going, planning for our first workshop, planning for the opening
1: Well, while you were relaxing on the beach, Ferd and I were heavily uh, invested in getting this place ready for the opening by painting the bathroom and the doors and vacuuming and cleaning. So, yeah, we were working.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we were working. As That's well, true. yeah. Yeah, we Diana finished my website, which looks great. It looks great, yeah. right? The yeah. photography she did is great. Yeah, and it feels very me. Mm-hmm. It feels very in, in alignment with me, and she, yeah, she made the flyer for the. So
1: appreciated. Yeah, thank you, Diana.
0: Yeah, for doing that. No, she loves. She loves it, and uh, the flyer for our uh, our opening, which looks great. So. Yeah, it's it's on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, I'm nervous about it. Are you? Well, I'm 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 not any, as much anymore. I'm I'm surrendered, but uh I was a little bit nervous. What are you nervous nobody's about? Nobody's going to come. Oh. I'm going to throw a party and nobody's going to come.
1: <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> with
0: nobody coming?
1: Not nobody. People are coming. I mean, I already somebody told me they're coming yesterday. Really? Yeah. We're definitely going to have you know some people there. Yeah, I, I think as long as you know we have I mean, we have, have having a good group of people there. Like I, I think we already have that. You know. Yeah. And because uh, it's an opening and it's it feels like a ceremony. It's the full moon, which I I just realized. What? Did you know that? No, it's a full March, moon that night, March 18th at 3:54 a.m. Lindsay told me that.
0: Well, we I think it does need to be a ceremony. And I think we have to figure that out.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Exactly what we're going to do. You and I are going to have to speak. (laughs) Are you prepared to speak? No. (laughs) To say some words?
1: I'll say something, but yeah. You'll
0: say something? What do you mean?
1: I don't know what I'm going to say.
0: I don't know what I'm going to say either. But we do need some sort of ceremonial aspect. I I texted Eric Mm -hmm. and asked him uh, if he would do some kind of blessing. Mm. Uh, And he said he'd call me, but he hasn't called me. So I don't, I don't know.
1: Mm. You know, I was thinking about this morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if this would be a really long shot, but I was, I was thinking about Yoshi.
0: What? Get Yoshi out here? Yeah. I don't know that he can fly. Oh. But maybe, Mm. maybe we should fly Yoshi out here.
1: Well, I just had this, I don't know. I just felt him to this morning. It was, really? It just came so strongly. I was like, oh.
0: That feels really right.
1: I just felt like I wanted to invite him at least, you know, even if he can't make it for whatever reason. But I just, I don't know. It felt.
0: I'd fly him out. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put him up for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So I mean, then you have a real, I mean, he will do it right. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a whole thing with Yoshi. <laughs> he loves doing ceremonies. Oh hmm
1: that would be amazing yeah no
0: he's he's he likes to and he takes his time and he, he does it the right way mm-hmm. he doesn't skip anything and uh and he doesn't say much which is great mm-hmm. he just does the ceremony he lets other people do the talking and then of course uh he could lead our song circle mm-hmm. and uh that would be super powerful
1: yeah yeah okay let's
0: invite yoshi okay good idea
1: (laughs) oh my heart like just opens yeah yeah
0: i think he's feeling a a little lonely is he that's what i heard
1: oh then we should definitely invite him yeah oh
0: yeah okay yoshi for those who don't know is uh our lakota song teacher Mm -hmm. he's taught i mean you you've pretty serious study You've, you I don't know how many songs you know but yeah 20 30 songs probably more probably more okay and uh yeah I was lodging we were both lodging with him in LA and uh and learn just learning a lot from him mm-hmm. and so he's uh definitely probably been my primary spiritual teacher
2: mm-hmm. um
0: in the last five years, I guess Tete, but Tete and I, more of a friendship. I mean, Yoshi and I have evolved into a friendship, especially now that I'm, I'm out of town, but, uh, yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so sh- shall we talk about what I wanted to talk about on this podcast? Yeah.
0: Like what, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> you ready tease it tease it for the audience I'm gonna talk about my sex life with diana later oh, okay. just to let just hang on audience it's um but what do you got for us
1: well I got an email from a former client mm and um in this email um you know she expressed uh, just some I think you know, she was triggered by she list- she was listening to our podcast, she listened, I think she said to four or five podcasts. And um, she was triggered by some of the things that you were saying. right. But more importantly, she was triggered by, I think, some of the ways that you were speaking to me and that I and that she felt. Uh, angry and protective of me mm. and i i just you know i i wanted to just um acknowledge like it it was it felt like a big deal that that she would have the courage to uh share that with me yeah um but I knew exactly what she was talking about mm. I, well i did actually that's not i i shouldn't say that i knew. I had an idea of what she was talking about. I don't know specifically the places where she was triggered in that way. I mean, yeah. it could have been like how you, I, I don't know. I know that you've like made comments about the way I dress or the way I look. <laughs> and wow. I, I do not get triggered by that. I don't know. Wow. Well, that's, okay. But, but, yeah. it, but there have been, I know that there have been a couple times mm-hmm. where you've said things to me, and I haven't spoken up. I haven't mm. said. I haven't told you uh, how how it makes me feel, or how like what what like I, I get triggered, and I'm aware that I get triggered in the moment. But you know, you're talking, and and I'm just letting you talk. But I I kind of I don't say anything, and I just kind of let it go,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then when I, I I listen to it again, obviously when I'm listening to the recording and I get re-triggered in those places and I think to myself, okay, I gotta say something on the next podcast or mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll say something'll I'll tell you in our next conversation but we've got so much going on that I don't even think about it I don't even remember that it happened right you know? and so I just kind of let it go but I'm aware that people some of my clients or some of my former clients or, you know, people are listening to us do these podcasts and they're seeing, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's facilitating or I'm, I'm, I'm supporting people to speak up in the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, speak their truth. And, you know, when you get triggered, you know, like when, you know, when somebody is saying something that doesn't feel good for you to to say, Hey, you know what? That doesn't, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I'm not doing it, you know, in the moment. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I do it with you, like sometimes when we're we're not uh, podcasting. But you know, just the fact that I'm not doing it when we're podcasting is a is a thing I have to change, and or I want to, because it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for you know, like. I think what we're doing, you know, like, and so I had this, you know, like I, I, I was thinking like maybe I would go back and listen to all the podcasts and see where I got triggered, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't have time for that. So I was thinking about this one thing that you said recently Mm -hmm. that I can't let go of. And it's the only (laughs) thing that, that I, that, that I'm still holding in me. right? And so I just thought, like, why not do this while we're podcasting?
0: Great. Great. <laughs> this is great. Uh-huh. I
1: know. Well, you also get the, you know, option of not publishing this. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it, okay. So it happened, it was like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was after one of our podcasts. And... You were, you know, we were in that other room and you were talking about, I don't know, whatever was, what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I think I asked you a question or I said something Mm -hmm. and you said, Angela, wake up. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And I, I felt shame. Mm. I felt shamed, but I was, I also felt angry
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and you were angry Mm -hmm. and I, I, in that moment, I think I was too scared to say anything in that moment because I was, I, I felt like if I say something, like it felt like, like, and and this is my fear. I don't know if this would actually have happened, Mm -hmm. but my fear was that you were going to explode and, Hmm. um, I, I I didn't want to do that. I didn't want that. Right. And so that and th- I guess that's the place where I am starting to I, because this this isn't just with you. I'm starting. I'm I'm seeing this. Th- this is my pattern. You know. Like, yeah. You know. I I I've I've been seeing it with Ferd, You know, most notably just because you know I'm, I live with him and and I see like the places where I haven't been speaking up and we're. We're you know we just moved here we're we're uh unpacking our house and and doing all making all these decisions and yeah, and he's getting kind of snippy with me you mm. know? and I react in a certain way that i i i i have I've never actually really been conscious of until recently, and the way that I react is. Uh, I don't. I'm like an animal that, um, instead of attacking back, I submit. I like, I, I, I get smaller, or I, you know, I try to appease. So it's like, I, I, I speak softer. I, um, I'll make him an like, oh, I'll make him an extra special dinner, or I'll give him a massage, or I'll do something that will hopefully soften him. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see that and I was like, wow, this is what I did with my this is what I did with my mom. Right. And uh sometimes it works, but it wasn't working with Ferd. And I could see that. And it was like it like he just he kept on coming. And then at some point I, I did cut like I came too and was like, hey, no can't talk to me like that it's not it's not okay and he didn't know what, what was he didn't know that, that was happening mm-hmm. but uh you know I just kept bringing it to him and and feeling this place in me that was like hey like like that I had a voice that I could say that even you yeah know? and so yeah in that moment with you that's what happened for me I think I just submitted and I went into this smaller place in me that was like you know I'm not gonna make any waves I'm not gonna just like let the storm pass and you know and then and then it will it will pass and mm-hmm. it did mm-hmm. but I was still holding this thing mm-hmm. inside of me and um yeah I guess I just want to say to you Dave like in that moment, it didn't feel good mm-hmm. when you said that, when you mm-hmm. told me to wake up. I was, I think I was just asking a question and I wanted to know more and I mm-hmm. was, you know, just curious about something. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I need to, I i needed to tell you that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you remember that moment?
0: No. I um, mean, maybe vaguely, but not, not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How how does it feel that I'm telling you this now?
0: Feels fine. Yeah. Do you manage me? Sometimes. How do you manage me?
1: Manage you. Wait, define manage you. Like
0: take care of me, like handle me, appease me.
1: I mean, I think sometimes when, you know, I can feel that you're triggered by something, not me necessarily, necessarily, but just triggered by something in the world. It just, you know, I've learned with you, like, it's, like, it helps you to just discharge. Right. And just to allow, like whatever wants to come out of you to come out. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, you know, I have, and, and I think also there've been things like when you, once you, what I've learned is that once you discharge, something else can come out. Right. That's, that's really right. That can be very powerful. That can be very insightful. That can, uh, it it feels like information for me. I learned Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it just feels like I'm just kind of. I don't know. This is scary to say. <laughs>
2: uh
1: huh. Um, like maybe, like that. There's no. You're not connected with me. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: I I'm just.
0: I think that's true. I'm just. I mean, this is. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking at you. I'm using you. In some yeah, way. that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Like I feel used. And, yes.
1: You know, I'm aware that at least I'm aware in this moment, really now, like I that there's some place in me that's allowing myself to be used, right? Right. And I feel like if I don't allow myself to be used in that way, I won't be able to maintain connection with mm. you. And so, yeah, that's I. I I think at this point in our relationship, I don't think that's true. Right. Um. But that is, yeah, when you ask me that question, like, do I take care of you? And that way mm-hmm. I, I I do. And um, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> well, what I mean, am I, I going to wanna... do? Who am
0: I going to yell at? <laughs> what the fuck? You're going to leave me hanging out here?
1: Well, I just want you to, like, when you're doing it, I want you to know that you're talking to someone. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. No, oh, it's good for me to hear this. I know that I do this. I mean, with Diana, I, I catch it and I say, okay, I just need to express this stuff. Just I know that I'm not really talking to you and I'll try to keep it short, but I just need to kind of discharge this from my system and I just need a witness mm-hmm. is really all I need. It helps me feel myself and but i name it and try to keep it short but yeah with you maybe it's been a pattern where i do uh use you i do i'm not concerned with your uh your experience in it i'm just i want to yeah and i rationalize it
1: Oh God, I hate that I'm crying right now. <laughs> I, but I I appreciate you saying that, you know. I'm just. I guess I'm crying because I and just a, it makes me aware of um, how I can let myself be so small in that place (laughs) like I I can make myself disappear in a way yeah and how long I've been doing that yeah I mean I don't do it all the time and I don't do it all the time all the time with you you know or or but just just how long I did it as as a child you know Mm mm-hmm And, 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 you know, as an adult with my family in certain ways, you know, (sighs) Mm. and I, I I think I'm just aware now that I don't want to do that anymore. I can't Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't, I can't do it and, and, you know, have a business with you and have a, you know, like grow a, grow a a community or, you know, be in a leadership position. I can't do that. But I also just, it's like, I mean, the only, uh, I have, I have, I have choice. I mean, I could, but the, the, this, the risk of losing connection with you is uh at the like the, it's it's the risk of losing connection with you or losing the risk risk of or, or or the risk of losing connection with myself. Yeah. And I I guess I'm at the point where I just feel like I'm I I can't keep losing connection with myself. Right. And I have to take that risk every time. Right. With you and with everyone else.
0: You learn to disconnect from yourself, to stay in connection with your mother. And that became a pattern that became your operating system, in a sense. And and you do that with me. Not all the time, but that pattern plays out with me. And now you're saying that you don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You're going to risk staying connected to yourself, say what you have to say, and... Uh, yeah see what happens, mm-hmm. see how I'll react.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just aware that, you know, I'm, this, I'm, I'm, I feel fear a lot these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I'm risking speaking the truth all the time now with yeah. everyone. Yeah. And and what that means, and what I actually see happening is, I'm I think I'm having more connected relationships with people, mm-hmm. and it's actually more. It's I, I feel more alive. I feel, right. you know, you were right in that that podcast we did you know jumping into the abyss like you know you have to take a leap of faith and see what's on the other side Mm -hmm. that there's freedom on the other side and i feel freer than i i ever have before yeah and so but it is jumping into the abyss every time even you know even having this conversation with you yeah it becomes you know it's 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 one thing to say that I voted for Trump on a podcast when you know that you I know you support me and yeah you know, I don't know who's listening right but it's another thing to say the truth to you about something that you know like I it's it's just a uh, between us.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do, how do you feel now, having said that?
1: I feel grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess I feel more connected to myself. Um, I just spoke, I spoke the truth and that's, and it feels good that I'm not carrying that thing anymore. You know? Right. I'm, I'm,
0: hidden resentment
1: yeah something that that was that's just there looming you know yeah. yeah how do you feel
0: I feel I'm happy you said it I mean I was you know a little nervous when you started talking but I know that um I can do that it's not the first time that I've been called out on that. And I'm happy to have it named because it's something that I want to get better at.
2: Mm.
0: You know, I don't want to be doing that. I in in some way I'm unable to contain myself, and my own feelings there, so I use other people to discharge and uh, and have an expectation that they do it, mm. and. So I am, I am using you and, and so, I, yeah, I want to become more aware of the places that I'm, I'm doing that, you know, cause I, I go unconscious. I'm not, I am not considering your experience and in some way I don't care about your experience. Right. I just want you to, you have to be there and you have to listen. You know, there's some shadow if I go, go all the way into it, you know. Like, listen to to me tantrum. Mm. Hold my tantrum. Mm. And it's a child. It's a child's tantrum. It's not my adult self. I'm not taking responsibility. I'm not asking myself in those moments why I'm so triggered. I mean, I get there, but I could get there sooner. Mm. And I should be able to get there on my own, really. Mm. And and I can get there on my own. Can you? Yeah, I can.
1: How, I'm I'm just curious, like how do, how, because you said something about contain containing. Mm-hmm. You're not containing your emotion. What's what and it's you're not containing your tantrum. Is that
0: well? I mean, I think what's going on in the world, what's been going on for the last five, six years, you know, starting with Trump, this is when this whole thing started for me, was uh, a it, it, like a trauma response where I feel like I've been gaslit. I feel like I've been lied to. I feel like I've been made bad and shamed. And I feel like there's something hysterical in the world, and that brings up a... Uh, my childhood, I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And it's scary. I get scared, mm. terrified, really, mm. that I'm going to be annihilated. I'm going to be made bad. I'm going to be annexed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I don't feel seen. I don't feel understood. I don't feel my experience is being received by anybody. And so there's rage there. There's like a strong fear fuck you. Like you're trying, I feel like you're trying to kill me. And I I actually don't think that's wrong. I think they're, that's in the culture. There's people who want white men dead. I mean, it's not conscious, but, and Trump supporters dead. So I don't think it's a, I'm in some delusion. I think that's a real thing. So it's like, okay, then we're at war. Fuck you. I'll kill you. And I think that's the thing that I've been struggling with,
2: hmm.
0: where you know, what what do I, how do I hold that within myself? Like, when is it appropriate to push back? When is it appropriate to have my boundaries? Like, my rage is not, it it it, it it's connected to my in the place it's connected to my trauma. It becomes a distortion, so I'm not always discerning with it, hmm. and so I'm I'm yeah I'm activated. I'm in my trauma and I'm releasing. It and I, I because I can't contain it within myself, and I want somebody to f- like feel me here, mm. understand me here.
1: And w- do you know what you're feeling?
0: I'm feeling well, like I said, I'm, fe- I'm feeling fear. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's and and helplessness more than anything. It's this intense feeling of helplessness, and I don't want to feel that.
2: Mm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: And so I, I get, I can't hold. On. I can't hold the charge of the helplessness. I can't, and I'm unwilling to accept the world as it is.
1: You can't hold it, or you I won't.
0: Oh, well, maybe I won't. I won't hold it. Sure. Mm. But I may I had this realization on the uh, on the trip to Mexico. This all came up. I just, I realized I have to, something has to change. There's something about what's going on with this war in Ukraine where it just feels like, oh, this is never ending. You know, this madness that is in the culture right now, this, you know, from Trump to COVID and immediately when COVID was over, (laughs) we're in a war and to me, the, all of it feels like insanity. And I don't know what's going on in a psycho. Well, I have my, you know, I could speculate what's going on in a psycho spiritual level, but I do believe that this is the end of an empire. This is some old system coming, crumbling down so that something new can emerge and that there is a war on between the old system and the new. That's how it feels to me and it's being played out in all these different ways and that um it's scary and there's nothing i can do about it and the feeling of helplessness the feel, and the feeling of i i do think there's evil forces in the world right now i think it's real and i think they want there's to control mm-hmm I think that's and I think that's normal I don't I don't think that's a some conspiracy theory I look at it from the psychological standpoint if if you feel the world is changing and you're part of the old world you're going to do everything you can to hold on to power
2: mm-hmm.
0: whether you're conscious of that or not and you're going to create all kinds of stories and rationalizations in your own mind about why you holding on to power is good and right for everybody and there's a deep deep, shadow there they must be terrified because they must see it and feel it and uh it is an oppressive force i mean this world economic forum you will own nothing and you will be happy well who's gonna own everything bro you you will you will not eat meat it'll be a treat it's like well is that true for you as well and all the stuff with climate change, all the sacrifices we need to make while they're flying around in the private jets, it's all a bunch of fucking bullshit. These people, are, there's something going on there in this, in this great reset. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's real, and I feel it. And it doesn't feel good. It's like, you didn't check in with me. I don't remember voting for you. Like, you're trying to remake the world in your image. And I I'm, I don't want to go along with that. It feels totalitarian. So that, that's the story, but whatever, the feelings that it brings up in me are, yeah, there's a place where I feel helpless and there's a place where I, I feel rage. And so I'm caught between the part of me that wants to surrender and trust and allow and know that this is all going to play out and that evolution is inevitable. And then in the end, good, all the good will always win. And this other part of me that wants to go to war with these people who are, I feel, are trying to control me. And I asked Spirit about it. I said, what 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 should I do? And Spirit just laughed and was like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, there's no right or wrong. Do whatever you wanna do, doesn't matter. Go to war, surrender, whatever. So I'm caught and I think I'm realizing that I do want to go to war, but I want to go to war in a different way. Like I I that I'm not going to win the war if I'm coming from from my trauma, from resentment, from my fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that's the vibration that I've been uh holding onto that frequency that energy that emotion and that it's time to transform that into something different you know to uh, stop worrying about what the old world is doing let's just build the new world focus on building the new and uh give energy to that and that'll keep me sane and that'll help me feel empowered. And that is actually the best way to win this war.
1: Well, and also, I mean, what you, uh, it feels like what you got to is this place that maybe believes that you can't feel the fear, but to, or that, or making the choice that you won't feel the fear. Right, and so I guess I want to, especially as we are about to facilitate the power and practice of deep feeling. <clears throat> like, I, I mean, I'm just aware that we have to go through this part of the process too, and that maybe there's something in the feeling of fear, terror, that's really I mean, it's challenging. I mean, feeling course, fear yeah. is. The
0: worst. I think it's helplessness (laughs) more than fear.
1: Helplessness, right, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I've, I don't want to, you know, I've felt a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca ceremonies, sweat lodges, vision quests. There's some relationship to fear that I've developed. But the thing that I refuse to feel is the helplessness. I do not want to feel the place where I'm helpless. Mm -hmm. Who does? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. But that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I can also feel that there's something on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Like the the surrender, the letting go.
1: Well, I have felt my helplessness. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this one uh, process that I did with Anne uh, a few years ago. It was And she was taking me through... helplessness with a client and I'd never felt that before Mm -hmm. and I was like I literally felt I felt like I was going down into like I was sinking into some place that I I couldn't I would never be able to get out of and uh it felt horrible like it felt like the worst feeling that I'd ever felt when worse than terror yeah and so but then when I, I, f- I felt it, she was with me, you know, she just kind of just, you know, she. I was on Zoom, so it was like, I was just sitting in my room alone, but she was there present with me. And when I came out, like I, I felt it and she, you know, I just kept naming what was happening for me. I think I was literally on the ground by the, you know, I was, I'd been sitting in my chair and I just fell down, down. She was, you know, she's kind of like, she does, you know, like had me kind of exaggerate where I was, what I was feeling. And I, I ended up on the ground. And I remember feeling like I was, it was almost like the ground had swallowed me up and, and then and then it was over. It was like, and she, you know, she what she said was like, this is what your client is feeling. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh. And so she asked me what I needed like in that, that place. And I just said, I need help. And something, you know, it was like, a, like I think I reached for help or I asked for help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, I guess that's I mean I felt light some I felt some kind of lightness and I felt also like I mean I could feel what my client was feeling. I felt the solution to helping my client, you know, like I felt where what where he was at and I felt like, okay, this is where I need to help him feel mm-hmm. and, and bring him to mm-hmm. and that uh that there was some help that I needed outside of myself that I wasn't going to be able to get by myself. You know, I mean, in, in that moment I needed Anne's help, you know? Um, But that also like on some level, like there was some kind of help that was going to come from God or from, yeah, you know, the, in a way that I, I couldn't imagine. And that, that was, you know, I guess I'm just sharing this because that I just want to say, you know, that 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 there there is something on the other side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking, I just felt I can't be helped mm-hmm. in my helplessness.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: There's there's no one that can help me, right? Except except God. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the, that's the only place to go. Yeah. And and the only thing maybe you can trust. Mm-hmm. I had a moment of despair on this trip. And uh, it just because we were talking a lot about what was going on in Ukraine and uh, I, I don't know, something just got triggered in me and I just fell into this despair. And I hadn't really uh allowed Diana to be a witness to that before. Mm. And I was present, I was conscious, I wasn't gone, but I was in it and I also I knew that I needed to feel it. Like I and I was trying to be with it. Like What's going on here? What uh, what is this despair actually about? And trying to, you know, closing my eyes and feeling into it and, and noticing what images came. And uh, she did help me. I mean, she just stayed with me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like a burden to her. Mm-hmm. She was comforting. She held it lightly. Mm-hmm. She cracked a couple of jokes. <laughs> In a in a beautiful way and ultimately said gotta be with the light of God mm. like God is here God is hope and she was exactly right and uh I went through it I had some crazy dreams mm. maybe we should talk about my dream <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to talk about my dream Yeah. after the night of despair
1: Uh-huh.
0: because I, I haven't figured it out yet I well it starts this is a very uh, it starts I'm going down an elevator and there's people that I know friends that are with me I don't know who they are but they're friends and this pregnant woman and we're going down an elevator then we get out of that elevator and go into another, another elevator and go down like it's some secret place we're going to and then the doors finally open and it's big, empty room, huge room, and there's fans blowing everywhere, including, uh, you know, those air bikes, you know, those bikes that have when you pedal them and they have a wheel and mm-hmm. they, it's an, like, what do they call them? I forget what they're called, but like an air bike, same with like a rowing machine. It's got a fan inside of it. Mm-hmm, right. It's not a real fan, but... But they were there too, sort of like extra fans, but there's just fans blowing. And my friends go to whatever it is we're looking for or trying to get, like they go to it, I'm, but I don't know what it is, whatever this thing is that we're there to see or pick up. I stay with the pregnant woman and she is somebody uh, that I know from back in my days as an actor and there's no I don't know there's no image there's no association but that's that's uh from my real life but that's who she represents and i'm just you know i don't i don't know i'm just curious about the whole thing but then we're walking her and i and she, it's a school this place that we're in and she says uh no everything's great i'm a teacher now the only thing is uh, I don't like all the attention that my husband gets. Like my husband gets much more attention than I do and I don't like it. Mm. And she was married to, in my dream, to Peter Attila, who's a, a guy, a, a doctor I follow online, who's like the hot guy, given all the new information about exercise and health. And I, in my mind, I'm like, well, your husband's pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to escape that one. And, but it was just interesting. And it's more interesting now that you've we've had this conversation. With, mm. uh, you've revealed to me what you've been holding on to. And then I'm in a neighborhood. Uh, and there's a crowd gathered and lots of kids as though something had happened. And I'm still with her. And she's having the baby. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have the baby like right now. Mm. And so that happens, and then some kid comes up to me on his bike and says, I think she killed her husband. Mm. And I'm not sure if he's talking about the pregnant woman or he's talking about some other woman, and that's the reason we're all gathered, because there was some event. It's not clear to me, but some woman killed her husband, according to this kid, or he thinks. And then another kid is around and it's like he's holding some information and I I want to talk to him, but he he rides off. Then I'm in a car with Yoshi. Mm. It's all connected, right? It's all part of the same sequence. I'm in a car with Yoshi. We're driving down this mountain road. And I have the thought, Yoshi's lonely. He's sad. Maybe he's getting ready to past to transition maybe he's in a state of hopelessness and i've moved to austin i'm away from him is it possible he's going to take me with him like i have this thought like is he and it's not not even Mm -hmm. like he's doing it maliciously it's Mm -hmm. just he's decided Mm -hmm. and sure enough as soon as i have that thought we drive off the cliff oh wow and fall and it's just, we fall, fall, fall for what feels like forever, just black. And and I say during the fall, I'm like, I love you, Yoshi. He's like, I love you, David. And I'm in, in acceptance without fear. Just like, this is it. This is mm. where I die. And then I wake up, not in reality, but I wake up from the the fall, I guess. And I'm just lying there with Yoshi. And we're both fine. Mm. And the car is a short distance away. And Yoshi's in a panic. And he says, we need to get to the car and get out of here. And I can feel there's something dangerous. And so we start moving towards the car. And then we see there's another car there, like a truck, like an SUV. And just as we're trying to get into the car, they all get out. A whole crew of people get out with guns drawn, AR-15s, like military <laughs> style. <laughs> And I once worked with this uh, former Green Beret uh, who was in Vietnam. And he told me whenever anybody- As an actor? Uh, he was a DP. I was an actor, yeah. Uh-huh. A director of photography. This, this legend, Ken Kelsch, who shot all the Abel Ferrara films. W- incredible character. But he had served in Vietnam when he was a young man. And uh, he told me uh, if somebody- pulls a gun on you and wants to take you somewhere, like get in the car whatever, it's like, no, you don't go anywhere. It's like you die there, you fight there mm. and be willing to die. Mm. Like you, And so that was the thought that was mm. in my mind as these people are approaching me with guns. It's like, I'm not getting in that car with them. I'm gonna die fighting. And I started to think about who might shoot me and how that might go down. And then I woke up. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and I was kind of freaked out.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was one of those epic dreams.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, I ne- I rarely remember my dreams, and you know, once a month, I don't know, not even that. Like four or five times a year, I guess I have a dream that's that I can't forget.
2: Mm.
0: So, what does it mean, Angela? We- Tell me. <laughs> Break it down.
1: We need Malcolm for this one. We do wow. need Malcolm.
0: I don't. I don't have. I mean, something about the woman being pregnant.
1: I mean it. It, it sounds also like you know you were falling down, you falling know? down, you going into, down in the elevator,
2: down, falling the, down.
1: But but jump the the cl- going yeah. off the cliff. Mm-hmm. It's like the cliff of your helplessness, right? But you didn't die.
0: Didn't die.
1: And you but you were met with this army of yeah <laughs> going to war but you were willing you were you knew that you were gonna stand and fight
0: yeah I wasn't I wasn't going with them I was gonna I was gonna die there I was gonna fight and die there
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just hope that they'd shoot me to kill shoot to kill because mm-hmm. that was my concern I'm gonna make a move and they're gonna shoot me in the shoulder. And I'm going to go down and now I'm just going to be wounded and they're going to drag me into the car and God knows what.
1: What were you feeling in the dream?
0: I wasn't feeling fear until the end. I was just Mm -hmm. feeling curiosity. And I mean, there was an unknown throughout Mm -hmm. it all. I didn't know where I was going, what was going on. So it's just a lot of unknown and I guess some... It didn't even feel like anxiety. It was just more like curiosity. Like, what the fuck is going on here?
2: Mm. Mm.
0: And, you know, maybe this is just, maybe it's just an expression of what I'm feeling. Unconsciously, this terror, this helplessness. Mm -hmm. Going down.
1: Well, and all these kids.
0: Yeah, all the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And Yoshi.
1: Your spiritual teacher. My
0: spiritual teacher.
1: Who leads you into the abyss.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful dream. It is a beautiful dream. Mm-hmm. And then I got home, and my website's now finished. Diana finished my website and it looks beautiful. And that's a big deal. Like I'm relaunching something, you know, my website. And now we're launching this studio. And so it feels like there's a new era. Mm -hmm. And I've also, like I said earlier, realized like this is never ending. It's going to be war in Ukraine and there's going to be something after that. Like we're, we're in some kind of war, spiritual war. I I don't know what's going on, but Mm -hmm. it's, something's going on and that i have to go about my business like i can't and like i said the best way to fight it is for me to stay on mission Mm -hmm. so i feel and i I feel like i made that decision yesterday Mm. for myself it not that i'm gonna stay off twitter entirely or stop keeping up with it but that despair that i felt in mexico was i think part of my unwillingness to accept the world as it is. Like Mm -hmm. I've been fighting the world. I've been wanting it it to be something other than what it currently is. Mm -hmm. And this is what it is right now. And this is what I preach is acceptance. Accept what is or suffer. And that the transcendence comes through accepting what is, that surrender to what is. And this is what's happening. And it's beyond my comprehension. I mean, I can try to understand, and I do, you know, to some degree. But there's other forces at play. Maybe it's all Pluto. (laughs) Maybe it's (laughs) astrology. I don't fucking know. You know, or the the fourth turning, these 80-year cycles that they talk about. But it's something beyond, and that I just have to surrender to what it is and trust. Trust God. And if it kills me, it kills me. If they come for me, they come for me. I mean, I don't really believe that, but that's the feeling. Mm -hmm. If I don't get what I want, I don't get what I want. Like I feel somebody... Yeah, it does feel like somebody's trying to take something from me. And that's all a distortion. And that's all my fear. So I've made the decision. It's like, I'm going to stop focusing so much on that. And I learned a lot from it. I mean, I'm glad that I engaged with it the last five years, like a really feel like I've come to understand what politics actually is and what power actually is and how the power structures in the United States and in the world work. And I didn't want to come to terms with it. Mm. But I'm starting to come to terms with it. And uh I feel a relief. Mm. And Diana has been pressing me to have my group documentary series more featured on the website. Mm. And I'm always scared about it because it's like that can go one of two ways. You know, people can watch it and or they can watch the first episode and be like, this is fucking weird. Cause it's the kind of thing you you need to spend some time with. And mm. and I intentionally designed it to be weird. Mm. Because that's the experience you have at a workshop. Mm-hmm. Right. This is weird. I'm judging it. These people is this fake this it's a little masky like mm-hmm. and i wanted to give the audience that experience so it's like people want to sign up for the workshop and they watch the first episode or part of the first episode they might put a judgment on it and not come to the workshop the opposite is also true lots of people come because they've seen it but there's some way that i've i've not promoted it fully and so she's been pushing for it and i guess yeah I decided, yeah, I got it. This is who I am. This is what I like. And if if you don't like it, you probably shouldn't come. Like if you don't get mm-hmm. it, you probably shouldn't come. There's some way I've been giving myself away, trying mm-hmm. to cater to an audience, um, trying to appease them, trying to dilute uh, what it is that, I, that I'm doing or soften what it is that I'm doing. And I think the result of that has been, uh, uh yeah, some resentment. Like, and it comes out in other ways. And so I guess what I'm saying is that I can feel this return to my creativity. Mm. Um, because I realized like, man, when I was making group, I was just, I, all I was doing was creating. I was just obsessed with creation, obsessed with making something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at my Tumblr page from back in the day because I kept a Tumblr blog and scrolling through it and seeing all the photos and that I'd posted. And all I did was just retweet things or repost things that I thought were cool or beautiful. And, uh and I it reminded me of my mindset at that time, which was um very oriented towards the creative and the artistic. Mm. And in the last five years, I've lost that. Mm. I've been obsessed with geopolitical politics or you know geopolitics and the world and trying to understand that And i don't regret it I, I i needed to but it's time for me to get back to uh my creativity and and the mission and uh and that that feels in alignment with because we got to promote girl we got to start promoting and that's going to involve a lot of creativity mm. and so it all feels like it's coming together. But yeah, that that's that was the decision I made yesterday.
1: I mean, it's so interesting because I've been getting emails from people who are watching your documentary mm. and how moved they are by it. And I mean, people are coming to the workshop because of it, mm-hmm. you know, and that that in the place, like in our last podcast, we were trying to describe what this work is. I mean, it, it's so easy. I don't. I don't have to explain it. Just go watch that that docu series, right? And you'll you'll get it immediately. Yeah. And so, um, I also agree with Diane. I think it should be featured on your mm-hmm. website. And I'm definitely going to be. It's funny because I don't think about. I don't know why. Maybe because it, in some way, like you haven't like you haven't come out with that 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 being something that's important to you or mm-hmm. the- well I, d-
0: I did originally and and I think it also there's a couple things. It took me down.
2: Mm.
0: It almost killed me completing that. It took me five, six, seven years fully to fully complete it. And nothing has taken me down more than that project. And in what way just the amount of work that it took for me to do it and what I had to confront inside myself, mm -hmm. my insecurities, my fears, because I was spending seven years working on something that you put out into the world. And, you know, that, I don't know, 80% of the people who watch it are going to be like, I, that's just too crazy. Mm -hmm. It's too weird for me. And that's painful. Mhm. Right. And some part of me didn't want to face that or felt resentment about it. And uh so it yeah, just brought up all of that for me and I think I was hurt. I think I think the HBO thing was painful for me. Mm-hmm. That whole process that we went through shooting it and seeing what the result was and and really feeling like they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And did I, did I give myself away there? Should I have done more, uh, to make it how I wanted it? Uh, I don't know. There was just Mm -hmm. all, there's just a ton of shit associated with that project for Mm me. Mm -hmm. And also my relationship with Anne Mm -hmm. is all tied up in that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Yeah, it's just deep. It's just deep. So, but I, I guess. In in some way, it was it was like a relationship. I mean, the I love the documentary. Like I, when I watch Mm -hmm. it, I watch it every once in a while just to see does this hold up. And I watch it. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) Like I'm very, very proud of it. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's like something that's totally unique. Mm. There's never been any, it's a totally standalone, completely unique. I think it's a work of art. Like Mm. I really do believe that. Um, And I also understand it's like trying to read some thousand page novel that's not easy to read. But if you get through it, you're like, holy fuck, Mm -hmm. but very few people are going to get through it. It's that kind of thing. I designed it that way. So I guess I'm ready to start creating again Mm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: after that. And that feels good. Mm. And that's what we're doing. We're creating a space and creating workshops, creating a brand, Mm. creating a business. And that our workshops are creations that mm-hmm. they are about healing and transformation, but they're also about creativity. They're also about full expression. They're also about, uh, you know, the question I always ask, what would it feel like if you didn't have to hold back anything? Mm-hmm. This is a room where you get to do that and then see what happens. And, it's almost like that's all it needs to be. Like it, it, it need not, well, is this, is this good for me? Is this gonna change my life? Is this healing for me? Yes, all of those things. But it's enough that it's just that experience that you're gonna have in the workshop, that's enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It need not be anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that I wanna also claim that it, it it like i want to get away from the utility of it like in other words why do we create art we create art to make something beautiful like that's enough that's like you create art to create art mm-hmm. not to right. have a purpose not to communicate some political idea or to achieve something you create it for the sake of creating it mm-hmm. to to make something beautiful and in a way I, that's how I want to look at the workshops. That's what they're about. We're just trying to create something beautiful. Well, I know An experience that experience. that's beautiful.
1: Right. And I know that, that the way that, that you have framed being human and allowing the darkest parts of ourselves. I, you always say like, it's so beautiful. It right. is, it is so beautiful to you, you yeah. know, and that, that seeing people allow that part of themselves. I mean, we, we talked about this, uh, in our last, retreat that we did like people speaking the the most uh the darkest parts of themselves like the the way the the way that they treat other people yeah you know and how like the most evil parts like allowing themselves to say that in a room full of people to admit it and to let let us all know it like how incredibly beautiful that it mm-hmm. that is and that you know being human we are works of art you know we this this is our art you know yes and, and how we do this i mean what we're doing on this podcast i think we're trying to allow these parts of ourselves mm-hmm. to come out and it feels for me, it feels creative. You know, yeah. there is something about this. I, I've never really done this before. I've never allowed myself to do this. I don't even like a lot of times. I don't know what I am going to say. You know, and and just I just want. I am trusting that something. Uh, if I speak the truth, something beautiful is going to come out. From yeah. it. And I think that that's what your your framing of it has been. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that. I love that. And. I believe in that. Yeah. It makes me want to tell you about the dream that I just had.
0: Let me pee first. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm back. The, the bathroom color looks. It looks good. Now that I, it's purple, almost. It has well,
1: a. Yeah, that's what Fred said. Yeah, it's like I like a, it. A little purplish. Black, yeah. Black. Yeah.
0: It's good. Okay. Good. Your dream.
1: So, my dream. I had this dream where. Um, Anne was painting something or she was drawing something and she asked me to look at it and she wanted to hear my, what I saw, what I interpreted from, from what I was looking at. And I did. And the way that I, whatever I said, it kind of triggered her. Like, you know, like she, she didn't like hearing what I said, but she could tell that that there was truth in what I was saying. And I felt like just a little shy or like, like oh, did I say something wrong? You know, But I knew that what I was saying was accurate. Mm-hmm. And so it, there was those two parts in me that were kind of like, okay, I can't not tell. She asked me to tell her what I saw, mm-hmm. and I told her the truth, but she doesn't like what she's hearing. Should I not have told her the truth? You know, but I was like, well, well, no, I, this is what I'm I'm seeing. And so then I had to go, and I had to go um do this Zoom presentation for this group of people. And it was uh there were there were all these uh it, it was all different ages, but there were kids there too. It was like, you know, a lot of different people. And I didn't know, I knew that I was supposed to make a presentation, but I didn't know what I was going to make a presentation on. And so it was time for me to speak. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't know what I'm presenting on. What am I going to say? And so I just start talking and I know that what I'm saying is like nothing, you know, I'm just speaking. And then suddenly something comes into me and I say, it's time. It's time for us to be ourselves now. We must all be ourselves. And like, I don't know, I don't remember what the rest of it was, but it was this, it felt like this powerful transmission that was just coming through me to speak to all of these people. And then I woke up and I had this feeling like, oh, okay, it's time, you know, like this is, it, it's, I was speaking to all the parts of myself. Mm. And it's like this, this part of me, that uh new and i I feel it in me, and as you're speaking, I feel you know this th- that we're you know we're in similar places, like everything feels new to me in a way, yeah. and it feels like I'm being more myself than I ever have, mm. you know, like that I'm coming into, and being more myself means that I don't actually know what's going to happen or I don't actually know what's going to emerge from me and to allow myself, except to, to, to just speak my truth and to express wakan, you know, to express whatever's here in the moment. And, um, yeah, that's it.
0: What do you make of the, the part with Anne?
1: I mean, I, you know, Anne has been a, a mother figure for me, for me for so long, you know, and I had this feeling after I woke up that, I mean, I've had this feeling for a long time and I I, I felt like on, on certain levels I've moved out of that transference with her and, uh, but I, but in that particular dream it it felt like oh we have we're different we have a different way of we have a different way we have a different
0: We meaning you and it, I
1: n- No meaning me and Anne.
0: Oh we okay yeah you and Anne are different yeah, yeah yeah
1: Yes and that that it's time for me to uh even though we might see things differently or mm. we might not agree or um that it's time for me to stand in my my own knowing in what I and because in the dream I knew that I was speaking the truth and I I felt like she knew it too she just didn't like it right you know and so you know that that's my that's my relationship with Anne I not I don't I don't know if that's my real relationship with Anne but definitely with my mother you right know? and. And, but also that, yeah, you and I, like we're stepping into something new. That's not, that's
0: not what was, uh, okay. Ran out of batteries. What, what, where were we?
1: Well, I was just saying that, that, um, in terms of stepping away from Anne, you know, like that, yeah, you and I are, we're launching something new and it's something new and we don't, it's, it's not what. We are we're taking everything that we've learned and you know all of that, but it's 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 not going to be what it was, and so yeah, I
0: yeah, yeah I've been thinking a lot about that.
1: Mm.
0: Any place where I feel beholden to Anne or or and not just Anne, like core energetics in general or radical aliveness, like we are inventing our own thing. We are taking what we've learned, but we're we're doing it in our way. And I guess the fear that we're going to be judged by the community, or we're not in alignment with the community and their values. It, 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 there's some separation that needs to happen. That's that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's everybody goes through this process with their mentors. Right. At some yeah. point, you you it's your obligation to move beyond them. Mm-hmm. and uh and th- the people who study will uh, with us if they will do that with us they mm-hmm. will they they will move beyond us they will take what we've taught them and integrate it into their lives and and uh and move it forward and in, in ways that we can't understand mm-hmm. right and uh that will be uh, i won't like that <laughs> at all I, I will resent them and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, you know, but now you know you have to. That, that's we have to be humble, right, mm-hmm. to that, and, but that's what we have to do. We have to, you know, this is what we're doing. We're we're staking our flag here, mm-hmm. and saying this is who we are. This is what we're doing, and uh, and I think that the truth is, I think I had this thought because I always thought people, you know, I always think everybody hates me. Because a lot of people do hate me and they tell me that they hate me. So it's not totally paranoia. But people also love me. And even those people that hate me kind of love me Mm -hmm. in a way. And I just realized I think people are rooting for us. I think even the people that may judge us or may think I'm an arrogant prick and. Uh, and have all these distortions i i still believe that they're rooting for us because it's good for everyone like we're bringing this work out in a big way and i and there was something also about the project it's like i've brought this work out in a big way the like, project
1: you mean group? The, the group
0: documentary yeah. series like yeah. that project like i've i've exposed this work to a, a lot of people and we made the hbo thing like mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to continue to do that. And I'm, we, I am continuing to do that. We are continuing to do that here uh, in Austin, where they don't do this work. It's, it, you know, they haven't been exposed to core energetics, radical aliveness in Texas. And so here we are. And, uh, and this is the center of things, as far as I'm concerned, right now for this kind of work, for transformational work all these different kinds of modalities. So it all feels perfect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm just trying to relax into it, trust it. And, uh, not let my ego get in the way.
1: It's going to get in the way, but is it
0: (laughs) not anymore? I I think I've transcended now. I'm eagoless. I think the audience can feel it in my voice. Right. Um, a full guru, just come sit with me. I don't do anything. I just sit on a pillow and you come sit with me and you're in my vibration, in my frequency. You will be you will be healed. You will understand something deep about life. I'll have a dog, a couple pit bulls beside me, maybe. Something. I don't know. I was going to talk about, is there more to discuss here? I, I was going to talk about, you know, stuff that came up with, you know, Diane and I had all of these, uh, we had some issues in our sex life. Oh, yes. But I, I'm wondering, is this enough? Should we should we push it to the next pot?
1: Where are we in time?
0: I don't know, because the oh. thing ran out of batteries. I think we're at like probably 120. I think I, I think i want to save it to the next time i feel a little i haven't eaten this morning
2: mm-hmm.
0: i feel a little lightheaded yeah and i want to make sure i get it right
1: yeah i, th- I think that's a that's my inst- instinct instinct
0: well. yeah so i'm sorry audience
1: <laughs> he teased you i teased then- you
0: now you got to listen to the next one that's how we do it <laughs> Right. didn't feel right to talk about it but it's a good story it's a good it's a good story. I mean, you know, I, I asked Diana if I could chair and she said yes, because it's a, it's a good teaching, and I think a lot of people go through it. It's not really about our sex life, obviously. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with our sex life. That's just where it gets, the issues are being manifest, mm. manifested, manifest, or being made manifest, but... Um,
1: well, I'm looking forward to hearing
0: about Yeah, it. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. And then I'll ask you about your sex life with Ferd. hey <laughs> Which we'll hear nothing about. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Angela.
1: Thank you,
2: Dave.